free download from Delancey Eden Church. We meet every Sunday morning at 10 30 a.m. in the Delancey Elam Church building at the banks in Simpsons in the Channel Islands of Guernsey. To contact us or find out more information about us, please visit our website at delanceyelam.co.uk. But this morning I feel already in the service that God's been speaking, I feel God's presence. Do you feel it? Yeah. Good. Some of you still doubting? Can you feel it? I know God's here. I know God's got, got something to say to us. And that's the amazing thing about our God is that he's got something special to say to us. Not just sometimes, but all the time. I think it was at the gathering just recently, which is a men's event that I, I went to, and the guy said uh, at the start, he said, um, those of you that have got Bibles, turn them on now. <laughs> so if you've got one of those type of Bibles, turn them on now. We're going to have a look at some scripture as we go along, but this morning I've got something to share with you uh, that I hope uh, will make sense, that I hope um, will we'll sort of be good for you, because I feel it's something God wants to say. I, I, I said to John about two or three weeks ago when he spoke on um, pruning, and we'd quite a few of us in leadership had received a word about seeds and scattering seed and they were never lost, and I was absolutely convinced that that's the direction my word was going to go. And I said to John, I've already got the, the start sort of, sort of something that's, that's coming. And I've been trying to lay this word down over, you know, two or three weeks. I like to sort of build it up gradually. It starts off with a few notes and things. And just nothing was happening. And I was starting to get a bit worried. I was starting to think, oh dear, what have I got myself into? What am I going to do here? And more and more and more, I just wasn't getting other things. So I'd, I'd written my own notes anyway. You know, as you do, you start to try and get your mind going on these things. So I'd written a few notes, but it wasn't going anywhere. And then, completely out of the blue, I was away this week, um, and I was completely out of the blue, something else came to me. I was actually getting in my car, in a car park, and completely out of the blue, this thing popped into my head. I thought, wow, that's, that's strange. What's that about? So I then started to make a few notes about that. So there I was now with two bits of paper. And you can imagine the confusion. And I was thinking, which, which one, you know, what direction is this going to go? Kind of two bits of paper, two messages, starting to mix around. And very quickly, the, the God drew my attention to the one and, and made it clear that that's, that's what he wanted me to, to speak on this morning. And I realised at that point that that, in a sense, is part of the message. Because I needed to wait. I needed to wait until God spoke to me. Yeah? I needed to wait until God spoke to me and not just keep going on with my plan. I needed to wait and hear from God what he wanted to say rather than what I wanted to hear, if you like. And I think that's, that's quite a challenge to me, um, and I've given this, this talk this morning the title of Lines of Defence, and I hope it's going to make sense by the time we get to the end, um, 
To me it does, but then that doesn't mean anything. <laughs> to me it does. Okay. So what do I mean about lines of defence and, and why that title? Well, what I mean is we set out to defend our position. We sent out to defend our position. So uh, we kind of were trying to convince God that what we want to do is what God wants us to do rather than listening to what God wants us to do and doing what he wants. Does that make sense? We kind of spend a, a bit of our time justifying that what we're doing is actually part of God's plan when in fact what we ought to have done is wait and see what God's plan was in the first place and then we wouldn't actually be off track. Do you see what I mean? It's very easy to spend the time justifying that what we're doing is from God. Yeah? And the world today, and a lot of what happens in the world today is about justifying, oh, that will be all right with God, rather than actually listening to what God's got to say. And I think there's a substantial difference, and we'll explore that a bit as we go through. You know, to be honest, when we talk about that situation, the only person we're trying to convince is ourselves, isn't it? We're trying to convince ourselves that we're staying within God's plan. We're trying to convince ourselves that what we're doing is the best for us. Because there isn't anybody else to convince. God knows when we're inside or outside the plan, so the only person we can be trying to convince is ourselves. We're kind of trying to justify ourselves. And the reason I call this lines of defence is because that is part of the battle that we're in. That very point is part of the battle we're in. We're not, we're not you know, in a, a life that is a walk in the park, let's be honest. We're in a battle. It is not easy. All around us, the battles between good and evil are going on, and the devil is looking for any chance to drive a wedge into your thoughts, into your plan, into what you're doing. One little uh, opportunity, if you like, one little crack in your armour, and Satan wants to get in there. And it struck me, that as, as I've used the word defence, it struck me that actually Satan, you know, is remarkable at using um, guided missiles. Because when you show a crack, Satan's straight in there, isn't he? Satan straight in there with something to say to you that starts to knock your confidence or your plan or, or whatever and that's not what we want in military terms Satan's ability to target his missiles into the cracks in your defence is quite amazing and you know in some respects we fall into the trap when we don't listen to what God's plan is and we carry on in our own we, we have the unfortunate reaction of showing Satan repeatedly where our cracks are because when we're not actually listening to God that's when our cracks are showing so we're kind of like showing Satan where to send the missile back to to just make that, that crack in our armour it's not our fault that we do this and it's really not surprising because if you go back to the disciples even after the amazing and absolutely uh, uh, you know you irrefutable things that they saw and experienced with Jesus they still had doubts they were still not able to completely clear themselves of doubts when Jesus was resurrected 
they still weren't sure. So it's not surprising that today we still have those, those doubts, if you like, those experiences of not quite getting in line. But hopefully I'm going to today unwrap this a little bit more and kind of explain a little bit about how I believe God is trying to say to you why we go through those experiences and how they are part of creating you in the plan that he wants for you. So if we agree that we're in a battle, I don't think it's unusual to say that we must have something worthwhile to defend. If you're prepared to battle for something, you've got to have something worthwhile to defend, haven't you? And if we've got something really worthwhile to defend, um, then we, when we start to set out our defence, if we were talking about in military terms, if we were setting out our defence, if we were putting fences in front, if we were uh, putting this thing into safety, I think one thing that we can take for granted is that we'd be very sure to make sure that when we'd finished building all these fences and these buildings and these places, that we'd actually taken that thing of value and actually taken it inside the defence. Yeah? Because if we left it outside, it would be a bit pointless. I think it'd be quite embarrassing for an army to build all these defences and then find, oh, crumbs, we forgot to bring that with us and it's on the outside and the enemy's got access to it. That would be ridiculous, wouldn't it? You see, I think we can easily fall into the trap of being so focused on trying to fight the fight for God. And this word that God's given me is telling us, don't fight my battle. Don't fight my battle. Don't try and fight God's battle because God has control. God has the, uh, the, uh, the success, if you like. God has that battle won already. The battle that he wants you to fight is not his battle it's your battle. It's the battle for you. And do you, uh, Does that make sense? <laughs> do, you, do you get the difference? So we, we can be so busy fighting God's battle and believing that we're doing the right things, trying to fight God's battle, that we forget to fight our own. Yeah. We forget to actually defend our own position and make sure that God's actually inside our defence because God will win his battle. We are very small. We're very, uh, in the grand scheme of things, we're very small. And God is very big and very powerful. And we can make the mistake of using our very small part to try and fight the big battle. And I'll explain more as we go on. So we can spend a lot of time and energy thinking we are fighting God's fight when in fact the fight God really wants it's for us personally, rather than the one for him. And we'll turn to some scripture now just to, just to reiterate this point before we, we go on. But I want to say to you, the Holy Spirit is a wall of defence. The, the Holy Ghost is the restrainer of Satan and all the fallen angels. Paul the Apostle spoke of this in 2 Thessalonians uh, 2, 6-8. If your Bibles are warmed up by now, then 
You can read from them. And now you know what is holding him back so that we, he may be revealed at the proper time. For the secret power of lawlessness is already at work. But the one who now holds it back will continue to do so till it is taken away, till he is taken out of the way. And then the lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord Jesus will overthrow with his breath of his mouth and destroy by the splendour of his coming. You see, God's victory is assured. All the way back to the start of the time, the Holy Spirit is the line of defence that drives darkness away and drives darkness out. Unfortunately, though, as I alluded to earlier, a few moments ago, we can easily find ourselves having prepared for our war, put up our defences, laid out our strategy, only to find we left God on the outside. Only to find that some, some way we've kind of created this no man's land in, in military terms, this no man's land that we're asking God to cross when he, when he comes to talk to us. We've kind of put up this, this uh, area, if you like, that says, this is my plan, God can you come and fit into it, rather than the other way around. This isn't just happening as individuals, this is, this is happening as churches, this is happening in schools, in workplaces. The whole subject is one by itself, which I'm not going to try to attempt to, to cover today. But we're inadvertently applying the wrong strategy to our battle. We're inadvertently asking God to cross our no man's land. Okay, let me minute. I don't know, I'm hoping this is all making sense, but I'm going to just dwell for a moment and try and put a little bit more uh, focus on it. So let me just take one minute to do that. And I've broken this into two strings of explanation, okay? And I hope that this catches it for you. First of all, the battle we are in, having, we are in and having for ourselves isn't because we haven't and frankly struggle to allow God to have total control over our lives. I think we'd all agree that, wouldn't we? We'd all agree that it's very difficult to give God the total control. Even though we know he loves us and wants us to got a plan for us, it's not as easy as it sounds. In fact, we pretty much in all our lives choose to battle with God every day, inadvertently. We've been sold the propaganda that it's okay to push God out and replace replace bits of his plan with bits of our plan. You know, it will be all right. I'll come back to what God wants afterwards, but I just need to do this first. That sort of thing. We've been sold the lie that it's okay to change how we perceive God under the excuse that the world is a very different place in 2016. And yet it's not. I summarise this first point by saying we try and be self-sufficient, but sadly it means we're at least in part God-deficient. We're trying to be self-sufficient, but that's forcing God out. So in some ways we are God-deficient because we are not taking everything that God wants to give us because we're squashing him out. The second point is the battle we're having in the world is incredibly similar. We're busy telling ourselves we need to fight for God when in fact 
we need to fight for ourselves. We're defending the big issues when in fact if we get ourselves right, if we get our relationship with God right and we're listening to God, he's in control and he will be making those situations work for us. God will take care of those. Walls are knocked down, bricks, one at a time. And battles are won, one step at a time. The battle, though, is not about smashing down what people have now. It's about showing the love that things, with love, that things can be different. Listen, I have to tell you that we are called to love thy neighbour, forgive people's sins, and to be more like Jesus. And yet, actually, in reality, sometimes we can be inclined to be judgmental and, you know, we want, we want to kind of convert the person that doesn't agree with us rather than actually just be Jesus-like. Do you know what I mean? You can have that battle where you try and smash something down, but Jesus doesn't smash things down, does he? Jesus doesn't smash things down. Jesus comes along and comes alongside and loves and actually converts somebody through love rather than smashing something down. It's a rather different approach to a battle. And I think, for me personally, and I'm going to tell you openly, I find that really, really difficult. I find that really, really difficult to kind of love people all the time. When that car in front of me pulls up too quick or goes too slow or whatever, I want to shout. I want to scream. When that person doesn't do what I hoped they would do because I think that what they should be doing is something different, um, you know, I want to shout and scream. I, I kind of find it difficult. And that's the battle that we're fighting, isn't it? That's the real battle, because if we were all Jesus-like, if we'd won our own personal battle and we were all Jesus-like, I wouldn't be saying this, would I? I can see that it's starting to make some sense now. I'm fighting the battle to present my inner self. I'm fighting the battle to stop being judge and jury, stop holding grudges, stop even sometimes hating people or things. This is not a battle in which we are called to destroy. In fact, if we're called to destroy, I can't see how we're going to get people to come to us. I can't see how destroying people is an effective way of actually bringing people to know God and accept them. And I summarise this sentence with this. Again, I hope this makes sense. Our efforts must be about reconciliation, not annihilation. Reconciliation, not annihilation. Let's seek to build bridges and not destroy them. Because it ain't going to work. If we want to bang heads with everybody, if we want to bang heads and try and convert everybody to what we believe, it's not going to work. we, We are creating a different battle which is not one that God wants us to be fighting. See, God called us to be lovers. He called us to be like Jesus. Jesus loved people. Jesus forgave people. Despite everything that happened to Jesus, when he went to that cross, I was thinking about this yesterday, when he went to that cross, when the soldiers were whipping him and thrashing him to the edge of his life, do you think Jesus would have hated that soldier? Do you? I don't. I think Jesus would have loved that soldier. If he put down that whip there and then, Jesus would have told him he loved him and there was a life for him. 
So we need to change, don't we? We need to change our plan and actually make sure that we represent Jesus. And I think that second point that I've tried to make there, I, I, I hope this is what has been coming to me, is that that is the point at which Satan's plan falls completely. Because Satan's plan, right, Satan's plan is about hate. Satan's plan is about knocking people down. Satan's plan is about taking people and throwing them into the darkness, if you like, into the pits, right? And that's where Satan's plan is suddenly broken down because people out there in this world, they're, they're, they're hurting. People are, people are struggling. People are hurting. People are looking out for people to come alongside them and love them. That's what people are crying out for. That's what the world, to some extent, is, is struggling with, is the fact that today, society is breaking down. Families are breaking down. People don't come alongside people. It's all about putting people in categories, if you like. Right? That's where Satan's plan falls down, because God's plan is about love. God's plan is about love. And I was, again, thinking about this and praying around this, and I, and I want to really... I think this summarises it. You know, those terrorists that are doing awful things around the world, right? And they are awful things, aren't they? We're seeing things that we've never seen before, just random killings of children and that. But, you know, that, that doesn't stop the fact that that terrorist can be changed. Love can be pulled out on that terrorist and that terrorist can be changed. But ask yourself this question, and I'm not getting into a political debate or anything, but ask yourself this question. If all we do is just hate, 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 if all we do is try and change, 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 we're just going to bang our head against a brick wall. We have to demonstrate that there is a different way rather than try and break what is there first. Does that make sense? God is about love. God's people can stand firm because the devil's people are the ones searching for truth and reality because they're stood on sand. We are stood on the firm rock of salvation whilst all around us squirms and moves and and unsettles the people and shifts because our world is built on the rock of salvation, the rock that is Jesus Christ. And we can stand firm while all the world around us falls. So we can go to the world and we can evangelise our hearts out. We can recount every Bible verse. We can be very clever. We can explain all of that. But what will win the victory in the war is getting ourselves right with Jesus. You can be the cleverest person in the world. You could be able to recite every Bible verse and explain it. But if you're not right with Jesus, you ain't going on in his plan. You ain't going on in his plan. You're doing your plan. So you ask yourself, in that situation, is Jesus behind my defence lines with me or in front? Am I not actually tuned in with him? So let's return to the battlefield for a minute. And I excuse using this, this analogy that I'm using this morning, but I think it, it works. Um, I'd like to take the example of a soldier. The soldier in this case is in in World War II and he's in Europe. 
If you think about World War II, um, it was massive, obviously, by its title. It was World War II. It went on everywhere, just about. So, a fundamental question then is, was the soldier on the battlefield in Europe aware of what he was personally doing and how it was affecting or um, enabling, if you like, the efforts of world war. In other words, the, 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 the head towards peace. And the answer surely has to be that no, that soldier couldn't know all the detail. But what he did know, what he did know is that he was going to contribute. In his little bit, in his fight in Europe, he was going to contribute. And because of the commanders and all the, the, the armies around the world and the various people in control, that was going to come together and in the end, there was going to be peace. Right? The battle was going to be won. I hope you're already ahead of me because you should be recognising where we are in this. I hope. You see... We can't be expected to understand the whole plan, can we? But what we really need to focus on is doing our little bit. That soldier in Europe didn't concentrate on doing his little bit, right? One step of the plan was missing. And the end result could be different. Well, I know God put you right here, right now, in this minute, for a reason. You are here for a reason. Don't ever doubt that. If you're here, you're here for a reason. You don't need to understand the whole battle plan. Just do your bit of it. Because if we try and do the whole battle plan, it's too big for us. It's too much. We're going to, you know, to be honest, we're just going to tie ourselves out, burn ourselves out, trying to do the whole plan, when in fact God put us into a particular situation with a particular skill, because that is the moment that you are here for, because it's part of his plan. Some soldiers fed the troops, some were leaders, kept the discipline and kept the others under control, but many were foot soldiers. You don't hear much about the foot soldiers, but they were the ones doing the real work, that's the truth of it. Ensuring the foundations were laid, all of these rely on each other and the battle is won only when they're in unity, when they're all fighting towards the same goal. They work in unity and as a team. And you know, some people are brilliant, prayerful people. Sometimes I, I, I sit in prayer meetings and I hear somebody praying and I think, wow, I wish I could pray like that. I wish I could actually capture the moment and kind of express to God what I'm, what I'm thinking and and I'll be honest with you, if I sit at home praying or whatever, after a couple of minutes, I'm struggling. Like I'm thinking, oh, you know, I'll get something comes into my mind about work that day or whatever. And I'm sure you're all the same. Some, you know, you have to really, really focus to be able to pray well. So some people are amazingly prayerful and fantastic. In, in the context of church, they're laying that foundation. Others have been given gifts like hospitality, caring, even listening. That's a skill. Nigel's an amazing listener. You, you, you don't get the credit for that, Nigel, but you are an amazing listener. And when you're talking to Nigel, you feel like he's listening. Do you know what I mean? Sometimes you talk to people and you 
feel they're not. That's probably when he talked to me, actually. Sorry about that. I'll apologize here and now. But listen, he is an amazing listener. And people have got different skills because God has given them different skills because we are all building blocks, building blocks of God's plan. Then we have the bulk of the ordinary people, the very ordinary people. I'm the very ordinary I don't want to be extraordinary. I want to do extraordinary things for God, but I don't want to be extraordinary myself. I'm quite happy to be just ordinary. I want Jesus to be doing them. I've realised that, that, that if I do something of me, it's not going to last very long. It's going to peter out because I'm going to get tired. I'm going to get, you know, I, 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 frankly, I'm going to find out that what I thought I was doing made sense, but actually it didn't. Okay, but if I'm listening to God, if I'm doing God's plan and he's in it, then I know that my energy is going towards something useful. I really do hope this is making sense and I'm kind of getting there. I hope what God is trying to say to you, because when God is behind your defence lines and not out front, right, not pushed out, not outside of the... Uh, no man's land as I called it earlier when God is truthfully inside your personal defence lines right, you notice I say personal because we all have defence lines don't we we all defend things we all try, you know there's things that we don't share, those are our in some respects defence lines and God needs to be inside those so you can really work on your inner self, there's no point in God working on your hard external shell and not working inside you. That's when real relationship with God is occurring. When God is inside our defence lines, our victory is assured. When God is either outside or in no man's land, I'm not sure we should be so smug. I really think we shouldn't be very smug about that. I think we should be working on it. I think we should be talking to God and, and letting him in. Because the real security in our faith and our salvation comes from knowing that Jesus Christ is inside of you. It's no good just knowing that you know Jesus Christ. It's got to be Jesus Christ inside of you. Because otherwise we are no better than the people that can recite verses of the Bible but don't have a relationship. It's a relationship that changes us. It's a relationship that puts us on the plan. It's a relationship that allows God to then be our defence because we've acknowledged that God's in control we've acknowledged that God has a plan for us and we've acknowledged that he needs to have that control if we need today to get on our knees and pray for victory it needs to be a personal prayer God will turn that into a collective one we can spend a lot of time praying for collective things. We need to pray personal prayers. We need to pray that God is really inside us. We need to pray that God's plan for your life is being played out. And not that we're inadvertently been diverted by Satan to a plan which might look similar but doesn't include God right in the centre. God is our commander-in-chief. God is our salvation.
God is our King of Kings. We need to remember that. We are only ever foot soldiers. No matter what skills, no matter what opportunities we have, we are foot soldiers. We are foot soldiers working for God. We are foot soldiers delivering our part of the plan to enable the plan to be great. But we are here in this moment, in this time, in this place because God put you here for a reason. So what we can do right here, right now to improve our situation and I say improve because we're all going to be on different points in this this plan. Some of us might be going through good times in our lives and we're kind of feeling quite quite latched on to God's plan. Others of us might be going through harder times and we're, and we're wondering why is God putting me through this? That's, that's part of it. You know, it doesn't always make sense, does it? Christian life is not easy. It's not always making sense. But you need to be listening to God because in any situation he's got something to say. If we're going to build lines of defence, let's start by making sure Jesus is inside those lines of defence, not outside. What are those lines of defence? Well, figuratively, we need to get back on our knees in prayer. It's so, so important. I don't mean literally right now, get on your knees, but I mean get back to prayer. Get back to focusing on what Jesus has to say to you personally. You know, it's actually quite upsetting that prayer time, prayer meetings in church across the world are some of the least attended parts of church life. Do you find that upsetting? I find that incredibly upsetting because our, our churches, our beliefs, our plans are built on hearing from God. Are we going to hear from God if we don't actually get down in prayer? I know people would say they can be praying at home, but let me just say to you, if you don't realise the value, if you don't realise the worth of prayer and prayer meetings, right, you are not, you are not playing at the top of your game with Jesus. Okay, because Jesus has something to say to you. I know everybody's busy, but again, this is part of our plan, where our plan sometimes gets uh, diverted away from what we maybe should be doing to what we are doing, and we're just going to justify it on the basis, well, I'm sorry, I've got to watch Crossroads that night. Can you say Crossroads anymore? (laughs) Shows how old I am, doesn't it? Deary, dear. I should have said something a bit more sensible. (laughs) Yeah. Bit of history there for you, all right? I mean, I I like to encompass everything in any message I've got. (laughs) Okay, maybe not crossroads. Some people are thinking, what in the world's crossroads? Anyway, there we go. I I really believe that, you know, prayer meetings, prayer time are important. And, you know, it's one thing to have personal prayer time. But, you know, we we need to value, we need to realise the value of coming together in prayer. Giving God the glory in prayer. Giving God just, you know, you look at what he's done, you look at what he does for you every single week, week in, week out. No matter what you do, he keeps going. And, you know, sometimes we, we, we've, listen, we've got to give God the time. If we're not going to give God the time, what is this battle about, friends? Because I don't get it. 
You know, if we aren't actually spending time in prayer and, and giving that value, I think we're missing a very solid point. Because God speaks through prayer. Believe Jesus. Believe he loves you. Believe he has a plan for you. And believe in that plan. It seems crazy to me, right, that there's not much point in, in being in the battle unless you fully understand, right, who's on your side and who isn't. If you think you're in a battle, and I think probably most of us accept that the Christian life is pretty much a battle, it's not easy, is it? But if we're in that battle, don't we need to be absolutely sure that we're on the right side and we're not actually letting the other side in? It would be crazy to go into a battle and not actually know which side we were defending. Let's have a football game, but we'll all wear white shirts. Now, that would be interesting, wouldn't it? I wonder what the school would be. (laughs) But listen, let's not make people out to be our enemies. Let's, hard as it is to say it, as I said before, even the terrorists can be saved by Jesus. Let's not make people our enemies. We absolutely have no right to judge. We absolutely have no right to try and impose our will on other people. God will take care of that. All we need to do is be like Jesus. All we need to do is listen and be like Jesus. Even already, terrorists are being changed because somebody shows them love. Their leaders are all about killing. Their leaders are all about hatred for the other side. Our leaders are all about love. Love for you and love for everything. But I don't want you to go away from today thinking that, you know, this, that you're not part of that. You are a warrior. You, personally, are a warrior. And you are a powerhouse. You are a beacon of light to speak out. You are a refuge in times of trouble for somebody that might be around you that just needs somebody at the right moment and you were placed right here right now in this speck of time for a purpose look around you now look around at your lives look at the people that are around you and the things that are going on God has given you those people those times those situations to care for. That's why you're here. That is part of God's plan. It's not by chance. You are incredibly made for God's purpose. And despite what you think, despite what you ever might have gone through, he's never, ever, ever taken his eyes off you since the day you were created. No matter what you've been through, no matter what you even might be going through now, God has never once taken his eyes off you. He is still passionately in love with you. That's the person you are today. If you're feeling lonely, frustrated, angry even, then let's get back to allowing God to be the centre of your life. Let's start accepting that um, we struggle because we try and do our plan 
when in fact it's God's plan that we need to be doing. You know God's been here all the time. If you're not feeling God right now, it's you that's moved, not him. If you're not feeling God in your life right now, if you're asking yourself, where is God in this plan? Right? That's because you've moved the plan, not because God has moved the plan. So we need to move. We need to avoid having the, if you like, no man's land. Trump's time's gone quick. It always, always seems like I haven't got enough to say and then I look at my watch and it's already gone. But listen, the good news is I'm only a few minutes away from finishing, all right? So I'll, I'll wrap it up relatively quickly. Is, is, is this making sense to people? Is, has this said something to you? Because I hope it has. I really do. Um, what I want to uh, wrap up with then is, is just a couple of things. Um, God's been here all along, I was just saying. As I draw to a close then, I just want to reiterate one point that I think is fundamental to this. And I think it could have been just lost in the bigger message when in fact it really deserves to be central. When we talk about evangelising and bringing others to Christ, we will not be winning battles right, for souls by banging heads with everybody and arguing with everybody. Right? We will not be winning battles by shouting down their opinions Right, even when we might feel strongly that they are wrong. If we choose to shout down opinions, if we shout, shout down and battle with everybody, we're not going to win. We will win souls when we fix our eyes on Jesus and just pour out Jesus. Just pour out Jesus. You know, we... we people have a tendency to shut up shop if you're trying to tell them that they're wrong and you're right. But people want to be loved. So, behind our defence, inside our defence, inside our personal lines, must be Jesus. When we stand firmly on Jesus, and with Jesus, the devil has no answer. And God will win the war. just want to finish with a, with, a, with a reading, which encompasses some of what I've said, but I hope that it kind of just finishes this off in a, in, a, in a manner in which case you can take it away and think. But it's from Ephesians 6, 10 to 18. And it's, it's about putting down on the armour of God which is not exactly what I've been talking about but very relevant you know we are in a battle we need to make sure Jesus is behind our lines of defence so that actually he's part of our offence going out yeah and putting on the armour of God is a critical factor and I think it's, it speaks. So I'm just going to read that in closing. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armour of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. 
Therefore, take up the whole armour of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Stand, therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, with which you'll be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. And I just want to draw your attention to those words that say, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Our fight, our fight is our own. God will win the battle if we only make sure we have God inside our defence. Amen. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this free download from Delancey Elam Church. For more downloads, information or to contact us, please visit our website at delanceelam.co.uk.